Hello, everyone. My name is Louis Figun Westbrook. I'm a reporter for the Forum, and this is Westminster Stories. This gives us a chance to sit down with members of the Westminster community and hear their stories. Today, I'm with Kathy Lent, and we're going to be talking about the two sides of higher education as transgender individuals. For me, a student, and for her, a teacher. Uh, my name is, is Kathy Lent. I'm a computer science professor here at Westminster. My background is actually in math. Um, I went to New Mexico Tech to get my bachelor's degrees and my master's, and then got my doctorate in math at the University of Wyoming. And I came to Westminster a year ago, so I'm still kind of new to the community, but I really enjoy what I've seen so far. Awesome. Cool. So today the goal is to talk about our two sides as being transgender individuals in higher education. I am a student here, mm -hmm. um, so I, ex I assume that my experience will be very different than yours as a teacher. Seems likely. How has your overall experience been so far? As a trans person? Yeah. Um, it's been not too bad, really. Um, so, as I said, this is my only my second year at Westminster. I came from a community college in Wyoming, um, and I was quite terrified to come out as trans there. Um, it's not the most friendly place in the world for people who are not um, normal, shall we say. Um, but I actually found it to be a pretty supportive environment, by and large. Um, the students in particular were absolutely fantastic. So... Um, my funny story is that I came out to my, my students and I told them, hey, um, I, I want to start being called, I want to be called Kathy from now on and please use she or her pronouns. And one of my students in the front row looked at me and said, dude, that is so cool. <laughs> so that was, you know, that's just the sort of person he was. But he used to call me dog and he didn't do that anymore after that. So, so that's good. Um, but at any rate, students were great. Uh, my colleagues were great. I had a little bit of pushback from some people in the administration and some people in the information technology department. Um, but by and large, things were pretty good. Um, the community in general in Wyoming was not super friendly. Um, and I found that moving to Salt Lake City was a very positive change for me. Um, I'm no longer somebody that gets stared at constantly whenever I'm out of my house. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's a great experience. Um, one of the things that's unique about higher education, I found, is that we have to continually come out as, like, every single semester. Mm. Class For you, students change. For me, teachers change. How has that experience been? Um, it's been not too bad, um, especially at Westminster. In Wyoming, my experience was that I would lose a couple of students in the first week of class um, every semester once people found out who their teacher was. Um, that has not been the case at all here. And I'm... I'm lucky in the sense that I don't pass, and it's pretty obvious that I'm transgender, so I don't have to come out, really. I just introduce myself and say she, her, hers, and people know what my deal is. Do you have any techniques on, like, doing that first day, or do you just fully just be like, I'm Kathy, and let people make their assumptions? I've gone back and forth on that, um, on whether I need to, to come out to my class and say, you know, I'm transgender, and please use these pronouns, and so on. Um, I've evolved to the point of just not saying anything about it. Um, I also don't shy away from, from mentioning it. I'm the sort of professor who likes to talk about something, uh, about things that are going on in her life to her class and try to bring some of my own experiences to the table. Um, so I also mention, you know, aspects of my transition that, that are relevant to what we're talking about. Um, but I don't, I don't front load it at day one and say, this is how I want to be treated and, and so on. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, one of the other things I'm curious about is, have you had any, like, personal connections with maybe transgender students? Um, 
this semester is my first semester having a non-binary teacher mm -hmm. and I felt a really cool connection to the teacher and I it's like a really cool experience because I've never had a teacher before who was like me. It's a really cool experience on both ends. Absolutely. Um, going back to Wyoming, I know I keep on doing that, but the contract is so, contrast is so great between Westminster and Wyoming. Um, <clears throat> I had several students who came out as trans themselves to me um, in the first year that I was out there um, because they didn't know anybody else they felt safe telling that to, which is sad, but it was, it was also great for me to be able to give them that opportunity and to act as a bit of a role model, if I can flatter myself. Um, at Westminster, it's less that students come out to me because I'm trans and more that um, I think it's pretty much what you said, is that some of them feel a sense of connection to me that otherwise they may not. And it's, it's a really positive, rewarding relationship on both ends, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really glad. <laughs> yeah, me too. So what do you think has been your biggest obstacle so far? Uh, my biggest obstacle in general is that I carry around a pretty deep sense of imposter syndrome, and that applies to me professionally, as in I don't feel, um, despite all my experience of teaching, I've, I'm, I've taught full-time for more than six years now and part-time for a long time before that, um, despite all that, I don't feel like I'm a great teacher all the time. Um, and added onto that as a trans person, I have a great deal of imposter syndrome around other women. Um, I was able to go to the Rocky Mountain Celebration of Women in Computing last year, which is a uh, computer science technology education conference for women. And we brought half a dozen female students, and we were sitting in this room of 400 women um, at this conference on technology and computing, which is a tremendously powerful experience. Um, if you're not in a technology field, you may not realize this, but it's really, really hard to get women in this area. And if you look around a typical office, you'll see lots and lots of dudes and not too many people who identify as female <clears throat> excuse me so it was a, it was just wonderfully empowering to be in this room of several hundred women who are all interested in computer science and computing and so on um, but then one of the people there glared at me and I interpreted that as um, as that I was an invader and that I didn't belong and I wasn't really a woman and so the entire rest of the conference was just awful for me. Um, and it turned around diametrically from being an incredibly empowering experience to being a very alienating one. And, you know, it was my fault. I was too sensitive. Um, that one person's glare and my interpretation of it just totally changed everything. But as a trans person, um, we are very often forced to defend our identities on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think most people who go through this for years would have a similar sort of reaction. Yeah, I definitely feel that. I've had, I, when I first came out here, I was going by pronoun indifferent for a while um, because in positive syndrome, and I was like, I don't know if I can fully say I want to use exclusively they, them, and he, him pronouns. And I definitely had a, a tough experience of like, everyone just automatically would go to she, her. Mm -hmm. And it was so frustrating to be like, I'm trying to like explore my identity and have people and hear people actually use other pronouns for me and understand my reaction to it. And no one's doing it unless they're queer. Yep. And I think cisgender people in general don't appreciate how important pronouns are. And why would they, honestly? But um, they're such a small thing and such a big thing at the same time. Yep.
I had an experience two weeks ago, actually, where my teacher corrected someone else who had misgendered me for the first time. And it was a mind-blowing experience to be like, someone in authority was actually correcting, rather than oftentimes it's like my close friends who were also queer who do the correcting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really cool experience that yeah. also made me feel a lot more safe in that environment. Yeah, I'm, I'm primed and ready to do that, but it hasn't happened in my classroom yet. I'm glad you haven't had that experience. Yeah. That's for sure. So now on the flip side, what do you think one of the most rewarding things has been? So I think as trans people, we tend to go through um, a life that isn't as fulfilling as maybe we would have liked to pre-transition. And just getting the chance to flip the switch and taking on the identity that that we identify with, um, even if it's just a normal thing that everybody else gets to do from the beginning, it is just tremendously empowering for us. Um, One thing that's really good about it is that it's it's given me another level of connection with some students, um, other trans and non-binary people in my classroom. It, it gives us something in common, which is really nice to have. Um, it's Being trans and in a position of relative authority as a professor has also given me a little bit of a platform. I like to do things like, like this, giving interviews and so on, um, and trying to make the trans voice heard in more places. Um, so that's also been a really nice thing. That was actually one of my other questions. Um, so as someone who's not binary trans, I am immediately outed the second I say my pronouns, mm-hmm. no matter what people's previous assumptions about me were. Um, I was curious, uh, as someone who doesn't really have a choice and like I have to be a platform and a voice for it, what were some of your reasonings behind being so upfront and like in your bio on the website you immediately state you started transitioning it this year and all these things? Um, so for me, being trans hasn't been so much about, and I'm, by the way, I want to make clear, I'm not judging anybody else's experience of being trans or anybody else's intentions. This is totally just about me and what I find comfortable. Um, but for me, it's never been a goal that I want people to assume that I'm a cisgender woman. Um, because that's just, that's not my past. That's not part of who I am. Um, I want people to see me as, as a woman, albeit a transgender one. And I'm totally comfortable with people, um, knowing that I have a trans history, which is good because it doesn't appear I have too much choice in that. Um, and I find that putting it in my bio on my website gets me more opportunities. For example, well, this, these sorts of things tend to happen more often when you're upfront about it. And also, if I haven't made that statement, if I haven't come out there and, and flown the pride flag, uh, the trans pride flag, then, um, then people are going to find it rude to come to me and assume that I'm trans or offer me any of these opportunities that otherwise um, I would have simply because it's not polite to out people, which I hope everybody realizes by now. Um, so I just start by outing myself. And it's on it's on my employee um, directory entry. It's on my Facebook profile um, just so that we can get past that and move on to the interesting things. I like that. That's really cool. Um what do you think are some things that people can do, faculty and like cisgendered faculty and students, to make it a more comfortable and inclusive trans environment? I think the number one thing, which is super easy, is that when you introduce yourself to a class in particular for faculty members, um, to say your pronouns. Hi, I'm Dr. Whatever, whatever, she, her, hers, or he, him, is, or whatever pronouns you prefer. Um, just let them know from the beginning that... First of all, you're comfortable with people having pronouns. 
some people surprisingly are not. Um, and it also establishes a precedent so that other people can use their pronouns also. And when you introduce yourself with your pronouns, then a trans person can do so also without having to, it almost feels like we're imposing on the people around us. If, if I have to come out and say, well, this is my name and these are my pronouns. Oh, I'm so sorry that you have to use those. I know it's inconvenient. Um, but if the person in authority starts a conversation saying what their pronouns are, um, then they're indicating that, that everybody can do that and that it is a welcoming environment. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big deal. And of course, using pronouns correctly after that is really important. Um, and I think in general, just trying not to make assumptions about people, trying not to categorize people too much. I think people are far too interested in trying to put other people in these tiny little boxes all the time. Um, it shouldn't matter to me whether a student is a man or a woman or a non-binary person or a demigirl or whatever kinds of identities you want to come up with. What's important to me is what the pronouns are and how they want to be treated. So I'd really rather people just focused on that rather than on, you know, what are you, which isn't a question that anybody really likes to answer. I want to normalize that question of what are, you, what are your pronouns. So that's something that people just casually say to each other, like, you're looking really good today. What are your pronouns? That would be so cool. I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying um, both within the forum and in my other projects because I hope to go into media um, mm-hmm. as a whole to just like normalize. Like when we do a theme song and we have the characters' names on there, slap their pronouns right after it. Mm. When we first introduce someone, introduce someone in a article, put their pronouns on there just mm-hmm. so that it's like it's very clear and upfront, especially as someone who uses multiple pronouns. I often will have people exclusively choose one that they go with. Um, which also leads to a lot of bias and not fully accepting my gender identity, mm-hmm. um, especially because like when it's used secondhand, then my friends, friends, my friends, friends only know that I use like one pronoun mm-hmm. um, and don't understand the fullness of my identity. It's just another form of trying to put you into a box. Yeah. Which again is understandable for cisgender people that have never had to live outside of their own um, their own lived identity, but. Um, but the world is more complicated than that, and I'm glad that we're finally waking up to that. Thanks for tuning in. If you would like to check out more content from the forum, make sure to follow us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WC4Media, and check out our website, wc4media.com.